Hey, yabba dabba doo, punk rock fans. This is Paul from D-Cracks and also the Radcliffs. You're listening to the Almighty Dummy Room. What's up, guys? Dummy Room Punk Rock Podcast, episode 158. I'm your host, Nate. I'm here with John Prophet. What's going on, John Mom? Uh, not much, man. It's hanging out. How, yeah? How's it going? Uh, dude, it's going pretty good. I am, I'm currently eating a Pearson salted nut roll. You guys have those out there? Uh, no, we do not. I can't, can't say that I know what a nut roll is. Dude, I, I, I've always loved these, but recently I've been, I've been really pounding these things down. They're, uh, it's like a marshmallow inside, with with some caramel and some a bunch of peanuts. And dude, they're fucking hmm. delicious. You don't have them? Huh? I'm gonna send you one. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll check it out. You went and saw the Jasons a couple weeks ago. You told me it was your daughter's first show. Yeah, yeah, we uh, took her out to Fort Wayne, <laughs> Indiana, to see the Jasons. <laughs> How old is she? She's like 13, right? Nah, man, she's eight. She's eight. <laughs> yeah, eight years old, and her first show is the Jasons. Oh, yeah, it was the Jasons, <laughs> Pervert Flops, and uh, Nifty Skullet. He's like a local band there in Fort Wayne. They're, they're really good, too. You know, it was a blast. She had the time of her life, man. That's a cool first show, man. You're like, uh, you are punk rock dad. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, man, she had, a, I had like a little arcade there and stuff, man. She had a lot of fun. Muse on Main? Is that the name of yeah, it? Yeah, the Muse on Main. It's like a little all-ages venue out there, man. It's a pretty nice setup. I, I was you know, impressed for an all-ages venue, you know? That's cool, man. What a first show. What was your first show? You remember? Like, first punk oh, rock man. show. First punk rock show. Yeah. Shit, man. I what was know. your first... Sh- Do you remember your first show, period? I, I remember my first show, period. Yeah, I was like 14, I think. It was just some shitty, like, hardcore show. Like, a bunch of local bands. <laughs> Fucking yeah? terrible. Yeah, it was like like a family fun like a family fun center called uh, Discovery Zone. And, uh, yeah, it was awful. You know, my first show was um, Great White and Tesla. Oh, wow. You know, I was like 13 or 14, not eight. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, right. My uh, <laughs> my first like real concert, I, I didn't know we were counting those, was uh, Jethro Tall and Peter Ooh, Frampton. And really? It was, oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you then, man? Like, uh, that, that's nothing you wanted to go to, right? No, I didn't want to go at all, man. I, 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 my, my cousin uh, asked me to go with him. I, I, how old was I? I think I was like 18 or something like that. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious, dude. He's like hopping around on one leg and shredding that flute. <laughs> yeah. So what else you got going on? Anything anything new with the label happening? Oh, uh, man, there's all sorts of shit going on with the label. Um, You know, just like every other record label, we're at the current plating bottleneck. Uh <laughs> I hear you, man. We're working on like seven projects right now between 
new releases and represses. How about let's start with covert flops, man? When when's that coming out? Uh, I'm thinking in October. Uh, the test the, the test presses just got here uh, yesterday. Um, they're they're pretty late. Uh, the CDs and cassettes have been sitting here for a while. I mean, I'm just waiting on you know the vinyl now at this point. Can we can we play something, dude? Yeah, of course. Chad sent it to me. I don't know. It's probably about a month ago now or so. Probably more than that, actually. Um, but he sent it to me, dude. I fucking love it. It's it's a great record. Yeah, yeah, I'm really really excited for it. It's... You got you got a favorite song on there? I do. Uh, I do too. What's yours? Over being over you. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, that's a good one. That's the love song, man. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say uh, KGB. My baby is. Probably my favorite. That's good, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's clever sons of bitches. It's a solid record. It's it's quality Cody core. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. People are gonna dig this one. I, I oh, like yeah, it better I than the so first too. one. I like it a lot more than the first one. And not 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 to dismiss the first one at all, but this is this is next level shit for him, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. I'm uh, you know excited for it to get out there. So what what, what do you want to play? You want to play something else that we talked about, or you want to do one of our favorites? Uh, it doesn't matter, man. Whatever you want, though. It's all good. Let's do Agent 99, man. You like that one? All right. Yeah, of course. player favorites right i dig that yeah, one right. too man so what else you got coming up man what's after that uh well I, uh you know the jason's jarvis yeah, house yeah. seven i was just talking about um that would be school damage oh, uh, yeah? critical excess is should also be out around october um 
yeah, that thing's a fucking killer. I can't wait for that one to get out there too. We uh, I'm co-releasing that with uh, I Buy Records out in Italy. And nice. Uh, yeah, uh, Cat's Claw Records from the UK is uh, going to do cassettes for it, which is cool. And then uh, I think I'm going to do some CDs. And yeah, man, it's going to be good. What else you got? You got uh, how about all those represses you're doing? All that shit you uh, sold out of. Oh uh, yeah, we're doing. Uh, we're repressing Beatnik Termites right now. Uh, LP and CD, they're all sold out pretty quick. Um, we're repressing Von Eriks and the Jasons and Black Russian Seven Inch. Um, they should all be here next month, I think. Do you check out that uh, that Bad Secret Billy Joel song? Yeah, it's fucking killer. I uh, I heard that a while back, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, oh, so good. I mean. Fucking, I can't say I'm a big, big fan of Billy Joel, but uh, definitely a big fan of Bad Secret, and uh, yeah, fucking made that song so much better. <laughs> yeah, he 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 sent that to me a while back, and I was like, I didn't know what song it was at first. You know, I mean, he didn't tell me what it was. I put it on, and I'm like, yeah, you know, this kind of sounds familiar. I'm not a huge Billy Joel fan, you know. I like some of the stuff, but uh, I heard it, and I'm like, I, I know this song, so I went and listened to it. I'm like, yeah, but. The the original version for me is like that that eighties synth kind of Billy yeah. Joel, you know, and it's like ah, yeah. it never did it for me, but Bad Secret did it, man, and it's like, holy fuck, this is a, this is a great song. Fuck yeah.
So you got any uh you got any uh, mom's basement stuff before we get to some news? Not that there's a lot of news, but um yeah, I mean I guess we could announce uh something that I've been teasing for what feels like eons online. Um <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. This is news. <laughs> uh, this is news, dude. Yeah, this is a news slash uh super exclusive. Uh, so you you haven't announced this anywhere yet? It seems like you man. have just because I've known about it for so long and no, I mean I've like teased about it a little bit, but um, yeah, we're doing a uh, Mom's Basement Records Fest. Uh, I'm doing air quotations now around the fest part. Yeah, you can't see it, but I'm doing them. Um, it uh, yeah, it'd be October first in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, October second in the in uh, London, Ontario, Canada. Um, yeah, of course this is all. Uh, pandemic pending but uh yeah yeah you know well it, it, it's all booked and we're ready to roll so let's get a little closer to uh to the date there and i'm gonna throw up a uh, pre-order in the web store for tickets and uh how much are tickets yeah number one uh, question uh I, i'm not sure they're not they're not gonna be too bad though um i was thinking probably like 20 bucks or something that's for uh let's talk about the lineup here and uh at the fort wayne show yeah yeah uh you know, of course, you have the hometown hero, uh, Flamingo Nosebleed. Yep. Then uh, Covert Flops. Uh, going Places is driving all the way out from Staten Island. Oof. So That's a drive. It's, hell yeah, it's a hell of a drive. Uh, so can't, can't wait to see those guys. I've never seen them live before. But uh, we have the Putts, the Jasons, and uh, Beat the Termites. Damn. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, That's awesome. We'll, we'll have a few surprises and... Uh, in store there, we, um, Jake Sauer did a really cool uh, show flyer for it, so we'll have those printed nice. up and all that good stuff. And that dude does awesome work. Oh yeah, he's fucking phenomenal. He uh, he's done I've done a few things for Mom's Basement. You know, he did the degenerate pop artwork, and mm-hmm. he also did the uh, the head tribute artwork. That's cool. He did a uh, he did something for me back in the day too. So nice. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he, he, he's really good. Um. So for that uh, October 2nd in Canada, that's at the uh, Richmond Tavern in London, Ontario. Um, uh, teamed up with uh, our good friends over at Faster and Louder uh, radio show. Um, we're going to take uh, Beatnik Termites and the Jasons up with us for that one. Uh, and we have Johnny Terrian and the Bad Lieutenants. Nice. School, school Damage and Avum 
are uh, going to play that one as well. So, yeah, that'll be a fun one. Uh, Tommy Epesteiner is doing the uh, show flyer for this one. That's uh, uh, the dude who did the Mangy's tribute. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Artwork and the anniversary poster. So, you know, he's fucking amazing. For sure. So it's been it's been hard to keep this thing a secret, man. I'm just, you know, fingers crossed that you know, <laughs> things don't you know, turn for the worst again, right? Yeah, you might have just jinxed yourself, man. It's been getting shitty lately, so. But hopefully, hopefully, dude, hopefully things not just for this, but just for the sake of everything going on. Yeah. Hopefully, the shit. Uh, yeah, for humanity, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, the shit curves crazy. back down, and yeah, it's it's been. I mean, shows are happening, you know, but. Yeah, who's the yeah who's to say what it's gonna be like in October? You know, we'll, we'll see. You know, if it's something happens, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do it another time for sure. So you taking Lily to these shows or what? No, the, these ones are, are for adults. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll ditch the kids somewhere. No doubt about it. There hasn't been too much news since the last episode, but um, that fucking windowsill song is still bouncing around in my head, so I haven't, you right. know, that's that's still my news. But um, did you, did you see that thing about Chicks Dig It doing the wedding band thing or whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, I hope they win. Is that for real? Like, they could be the best wedding band in Calgary? I, th- I think so, yeah. They're taking <laughs> I, I, votes for it. How cool is that, man? It makes me want to get right. married again. Have Chicks Dig It play my wedding. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I found love, but I caught it again up in town. Stop. And I thought it wasn't what I made of. Now I guess there's nothing left to say. married no but i've been uh married before this one time and uh yeah yeah but you didn't have chicks dig it play your wedding no no i had a pretty killer show afterwards though, dude. chicks dig it caliber cool or no i mean to me i mean <laughs> shit better beatnik termites you had the I'll beatnik termites play your wedding 
Uh, wedding show, yeah, afterwards, yeah. Damn, dude. <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll take beating a termites every chick's dick and all day. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's at, cool. At, at, at me, dummy rumors. They'll get you. Oh, they're going to. I know. It'll be worth it. Hope they yeah, win, dude. Awesome. Yeah, I hope so, too. Everyone should vote. I voted. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> were, were there any other bands? Did you see what? I didn't see the other nominees. No, no, I, I did not get on there. I just saw it like in a, at a glance earlier, but I'm definitely after I hang up here, I'm going to go and uh, definitely vote for them. I, I assume that the other the other bands are actual wedding bands, like, you know, John Prophet and the Angels or something, you know, it's not, you know, not other Canadian punk bands are up for this award, I'm right. assuming. Like <laughs> yeah. the old wives aren't up for this, are they? I don't know, let's hope. <laughs> That'd be cool. Weddings sound pretty fucking rad in Canada. So, anything else happening, man? Nah, not a whole lot, man. It's been, you know, hanging out, working like crazy, and yeah, we had a we had a we had fucking crazy rain today. It flooded flooded the town, dude. That's nuts. Everything okay? <laughs> I had a hard time getting home, dude. It was like I'd, you know, the road would be blocked, you know, just have standing water. So I'd turn and drive a couple blocks, and fucking, hey, I'd have to turn again. And uh, it's all it's all good now. I th- I think, you know. It's shitty. Uh, it's been really rainy here, too. Uh, I know you always like to go with your, your weather talk. Um, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it's been just been like unseasonably rainy, man. We have like, you know, we have a pool and constantly like draining water out of it and having these like ridiculous electric bills for no reason because it's always raining and we can't swim. You've been having some killer pool parties or what? Not a single one, dude. I think I've been in that pool like three times this year so far. No pool party? There's no pool party tonight.
always looking for that segue, dude. You just threw me the alley-oop, you know? I can't take all the credit. <laughs> all right, dude. So so this week, I um, you like the band Tightwire? Yeah. I had Tane on. It was actually supposed to be um, Tane and Parker. Uh, cool. But uh, something happened. Parker couldn't make it. So it's just uh, just me and Tane. And a uh, pretty fun conversation, just kind of all over the place. And uh, he's on tour. He's on tour right now with uh, Brendan Kelly from Lawrence Arms Slapstick, you know. And uh, just oh, like wow. acoustic, acoustic solo thing, which I don't know. Maybe that's the way to go when there's a pandemic, you know. Crowds yeah. are a little smaller. Everyone's not packed in. There's not too much, you know, spit flying around. Yeah, it could be a little safer for sure. Yeah, so... So yeah, he's doing that, but uh, yeah, cool guy, and um, uh, it was just it was just nice to to finally have, you know, to to be able to talk about that band more, and um, you know, I'm just a big fan, so hopefully he'll come back, or hopefully the other two guys will come back and uh, come on the show sometime. We'll just bullshit, but um, yeah, man. So I'll get to that. Um, if you don't have anything else, nah, man. I think we uh, pretty much covered everything there. You know, it's a uh... Always a pleasure. Last time you were on, we were going to do some demos. You know, oh, we were, yeah. were going to come back every once in a while, play some demo stuff, and uh, we we should do that again. We should do that soon. Yeah, sure. I got I've got some uh, I've got some some heat lined up for you. Oh yeah, you got some good stuff, huh? Oh yeah, I'd I'd like to think so. I don't get too many. I did get a I did get a couple this past week, but I haven't listened. I'm not sure it'd be anything I'd want to play, anyways. But we'll see. Yeah. Oh man, you got to check them every now and then. Uh... Something cool comes to it. Like I had a matter of fact, the guy today. Uh, yeah. yeah, the uh, the subject line on the email says, "Check check out my new metal band." <laughs> yeah, did you check it out? And uh, you metal, uh, you know the, the good kind of metal, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> your limp biscuits of the world and stuff like that. It should uh, it should be pretty good, man. I'm looking forward to it. How do you get on their radar? No fucking clue, dude. No clue. I, I've had like fucking black metal bands and shit like try to submit me stuff like like professional looking shit too. Like I don't know why they would be, you know, trolling around uh, Facebook looking for a shitty punk rock label with like barely 3,000 likes. <laughs> They're desperate, dude. Yeah, I guess, man. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> But yeah, man, so uh, I don't know what's happening next week at all. You know, I took a, a good month off, and um, yeah, I had Bo Basement on. I, I, it, dude, I literally took a month to recover from him being on. Yeah. <laughs> so no episode. lie. Thanks, man. But yeah, it took me a while to get back. I literally have nothing going on next week, so maybe there's not an episode next week. We'll see. I'll try to scrounge something together this week, but uh, hopefully hopefully people enjoy this one, this conversation with Tane. Yeah, let's get to that. I'll talk to you later, John. And uh, take care. Everybody else take care. And uh, hey, man, we'll talk about the fest, the Mom's Basement Fest more when it gets closer. You know, maybe we'll do a a special Mom's Basement kind of, kind of like, you know, spotlight all the bands and shit. Might be kind of cool, huh? Yeah, Yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah, let's see if we can squeeze her in. And uh, I'll talk to you later, dude. All right, man. Good talk to All you. Coming up next, we got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next. Coming up next. We got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next. Tane from Tightwire. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up with you? Nate, thanks for having me. You know what's funny is is Tane and Nate, our, our names are so similar. You just switch around 
two letters and then we have the same name. I can't believe I didn't notice that. <laughs> well, I yeah. dude, I never heard that name before, Tane. So so the weird thing about my name is I'm I'm from a small town in South Dakota and I graduated with two other people named Tane. And and there was Really? A, well, there was a guy there was a guy in my town who my so my first job ever was delivering papers when I was like in sixth grade, and I delivered papers to a guy named Tane. Um, and he only had one arm, and I don't know why I felt like that's relevant to the story. It's just he had one arm, um, but he went to high school with my dad, and and later on in life, my dad was like, "Yeah, we named you Tane because I was friends with this guy Tane," and I was like, "Oh, cool," and I, I would have to assume that the other two people that I graduated with were named Tane because of the same guy, probably because I have never, other than than the Tim and Eric skit, I've never heard the name Tane spoken, Um, which has been an incredible burden on me because, you know, you'd think it's an easy name, but it's like uh, when I introduce myself, I see like a blank stare in people's faces and I'm like, oh, it's like, it's like Wayne. (laughs) It's like Wayne or Shane or Zane, but with a T and they're like, what? I don't get it. So, Dude, you've got a cool last name too. Tane Graves. Yeah. You know what? And another funny story is um, I had, I had some friends come up to me a couple years ago and they were like, oh, we didn't realize your last name was actually Graves. We thought you were a Michael Graves fan. And that bummed me out so hard. <laughs> that was Yeah, I bet. That is like that that is like saying that like I don't even know, man. What was the other guy that wasn't David Lee Roth in in Van Halen? Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar. That's like saying I'm or, a Sammy or, uh, Hagar Gary fan. Sharon. That's like saying I'm a that's like saying I'm a Hagar fan. It's like, no, Van Halen is always and forever not going to be Sammy Hagar. You know? You're a Roth guy then, huh? I just, I grew up <laughs> listening to Van Halen. I grew up listening to shit that my dad listened to. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I found like punk music on my own and I was like, okay, this shit's yeah. lame. But you know what? I can still jam. I can still jam some fucking, uh, some Van Halen for sure. It's always going to be David Lee Roth. It's never going to be Sammy Hagar. <laughs> I, I, you know, there are some, uh, there is some Hagar stuff that I, I like, but what's, yeah, what, I just, I don't listen what's to a, what's a good, much. what's a good Hagar song? Dude, I got this soft spot for those ballads on 5150, like, uh, because that was the first, when I was a kid, that was the first Van Halen tape that I got. I don't know. So I, I have an attachment to that album a little bit. So tell me why can't this be love? Okay, that's <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool song. Okay, never mind. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's a good song and if it was if it was played in the in the like 79 era of Van Halen, it would be so much better, right? But it's still a good song. Yeah. It's just it's just David Lee Roth had had the attitude it was just the the overall vibe was so much better but you know what tell me why can't this be love is that it's a good song okay i'm gonna shut the fuck up anyways my my feelings just got hurt because i'm not a michael graves fan i just don't want people to think that i'm a michael graves fan and that's why my last name is graves my last name is just truly yeah. 
if I can just clear the air here, my last name, my God-given last name is Graves. I like it, dude. It's not a punk name. Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, how's life in Minneapolis these days? Um, it's good. It's extremely smoky here today. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, there... Dude, I'm, I'm two and a half hours south of you, and dude, today it was crazy bad. Like, I went outside and it was like, immediately I'm like, where's the fire? Like, this has to be blocks away. I mean, you could just see the smoke, smell the smoke. It kind of hurt your eyes a little bit. Yeah, it's it, it's been bad. It's um, So I've been, been up here for a few weeks now, and we had it last week. And then today just came in full force. Like I was driving downtown to go um, visit a friend and I couldn't even see the skyline. Like there was so much smoke. Um, Damn. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a crazy, crazy thing. I, I don't even know where the smoke's coming from. I, I, somebody told me it's coming from a forest fire in Canada. I think Northern Minnesota, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Maybe it is Northern Minnesota. Maybe it's in Minneapolis, it sucks, dude. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna burn down. Yeah, maybe maybe the house I'm in, I'm gonna burn down tonight. <laughs> Who knows? Hopefully, my sister just moved to Minneapolis just uh, about a month ago or so. So I'm hoping to get up there more often once you know life is back to normal, shit like that. So. Yeah, I mean Minneapolis is a great. I don't know, it's a good place. But you're not originally from there. How how did you end up there? Just for school? You moved there for school, I assume, or something. Um, I, I did. Yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from Pierce, South Dakota and, um, I know you didn't ask, but my background is I, the town I was in was a little bit off of I-90 and it was like a, a perfect spot for bands to play. So when I was, when I was very, very young, I was fortunate enough to, find some like older high school kids that were putting on punk shows and they happened to have bands like off at their heads or toys that kill um nothing tin the broke downs i've uh, i've seen a million fucking cool bands from the small little ten thousand person town i was in um because of like older kids that just found bands and this is like before the internet and I don't even know how they found these bands, but like they, they somehow put together that like, oh, these bands have an off day and they're traveling from, you know, whatever, Wyoming to Minnesota or whatever. And they would contact these bands and get, get them. So that's how I got turned on to punk. And then, and then when I was in high school, I was like, well, I need to get the fuck out of being in Pierce, South Dakota because I hate playing. <laughs> yeah. I hate playing in bands where like, you know, like I was always the person to like write songs and try to do a band. But, you know, when you live in a small town, you have to like find the drummer who really loves Slipknot and then find the bass player that really loves Primus <laughs> and try to convince them, you know, you're you're spending all your time like trying to convince them like, "No, no, I want to play like pop punk." Like, so just play these four chords. And, and then I'm going to sing this and then, and then you have the drummer trying to play like double bass drum over your fucking <laughs> Ramon songs. And then the bass player is trying to like play all these weird fucking riffs. And it's like, no, 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 no. All you have to do is this. So like, yeah. So when I was, when I graduated, I moved, I think I moved 
to Minneapolis maybe seven days, seven or eight days after after my graduation day from high school. Because I was like, I need to fucking, I need to go find like punk people to play in a band with. <laughs> and we had driven up here and like gone to some, uh, some punk shows like, you know, maybe when I was in 10th or 11th grade, my first show in Minneapolis was um, at the Triple Rock. And I went and saw Lawrence Arms, American Steel, The Falcon, and Sundowner. But I was like, I need to go somewhere. So it was either Denver or or Minneapolis. And um, for whatever reason or another, it, it just ended up being Minneapolis. And then I've just been here pretty much ever since. I think that there's always been some sort of allure to Minneapolis because the bands that are important from here are really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, you you've you've got your Dillinger 4, who's could do, you got the replacements. Um there there's something uh, about being from Minneapolis that is like inherently cool. I don't think we have that. Um, in in fact, when when I showed Eric Funk from Dillinger Four, when I showed him like our like our music for the first time, Tightwire's music, he was like, "Oh yeah!" Like the the quote from Eric Funk is, "Oh yeah, you're like uh, the poor man's copyrights." <laughs> <laughs> so like I don't I don't know that necessarily we have that coolness. Um, but I'll, I'll accept it if people want to think we're cool because we're from Minneapolis. I'll definitely let them think that. But you know, <laughs> the the funny thing the funny thing about our band is none of us are from Minneapolis. Like Paul, yeah, yeah. When you know when we wrote this record, Paul Kettler is from uh, a small town in so Wisconsin, Sheboygan, isn't he? Yeah, he's from Sheboygan. Yeah, Sheboygan, and I then think. Par- yeah. Parker's from Grand Forks, uh, North Dakota. And I am from Pierce, South Dakota. So none of us are Minneapolis people. Um, so, you know, but if people want to say that we have the cool Minneapolis sound, I'll let them say that. Yeah. I think I think one of the things is all the all the cool bands that came there kind of stayed there. Like the replacements were, you know, they didn't move away from Minneapolis. Who's could do stayed there. You know, Prince stayed there. You know, he got huge. He didn't move to, you know, I mean, he lived in Minneapolis. So that's like, I think that's sort of like kind of a, like a badge of honor almost. Like Dylan Jafour, of course, is very proud to be from Minneapolis, you know, and I don't think it's the city necessarily. It's, I think the, there's a culture around the, 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 the scene there that they've helped build up. Yeah. And it's just fucking awesome to be part of it, I think. I think yeah. that's right. I'm not from there, well, so there's, there's I, you know, like, just an onlooker. That's what I observe. No, there, there, there's a, um, there's a, it, it's sort of like a working class mentality where like, um, nobody's really a dick here in the music scene. Like <laughs> you, you yeah. can, you can watch Patty from D4, um, play, you know, to 700 people at D4th. And then, and then when you wake up hungover the next morning on Sunday, you can go buy a Bloody Mary from him where he's working at the bar the next morning, you know? And I think, yeah, I think that's something that like has always kind of been with, with, with Minneapolis bands is like, 
we're the type of people that like we don't sit backstage and wait for ourselves to go on stage. Like you, you go to a show in Minneapolis, you're going to get to see the bands hanging out at the bar, drinking like normal people. And then when it's their time, to, <laughs> yeah. when is their time to play on stage? They just fucking get off their bar stool and then go walk on the stage and they play. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's, to me, it's it, it's also this accessibility of like being able to be like, oh, you play in this cool band, but I can also sit and talk to you like a normal human, and you're not you're not going to talk to me about the cool like the things that you're doing, you're, like you know, like when I was a kid, I always thought of bands as like, oh, you're you're bigger, you're you're bigger than like normal people. And I think that's just like the more L.A. way of thinking where like you go to L.A. and everybody just wants to talk about themselves or talk about the the big opportunities that they have. And it's like here, it's like if you try to talk about that, people are like, dude, go fuck yourself. You know, like you're you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're not going to like like I'm excited that I like I, I, I I'm someone who gets excited about things that I get to do. It's not that I'm trying to talk about it. Um, it's just like, you know, when I get to do cool stuff, I, I'm i just like, oh, can you believe I get to do this? But e- even not when, I like, when I'm like, hey, I'm really excited about this, people are like, yeah, 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 whatever, dude. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, dude, before I forget, I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you do for Semisonic? Are you a guitar tech or something? Oh, how did you know that? I don't even know how you knew that. Uh I, you, I am. You told the, me, what, dude. Oh, did I tell you? <laughs> oh, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I am the the bass and drum tech for Semisonic. Do you tour with them? Not well, now, they of don't, course, but they don't necessarily tour. It's it's quite an easy gig. It it, it it's uh, like maybe a week's worth of work every year. They play a few um, shows here at First Avenue. And then maybe we'll fly out and and do like an LA show because that's where Dan the singer lives. But other than that, there has been zero going to like, you know, the UK or or doing any sort of yeah, serious yeah. touring. It, it it it's it's legitimately like maybe four shows a year, and mo- <laughs> most yeah. of my time is spent um, hanging out with them while they do uh, rehearsal for those shows. So 90% of the work is like rehearsal and then they play like three or four shows a year. But they're, I, I gotta be honest, they're fucking awesome, awesome people to work for. And cool. yeah, I don't know. I get to listen to Closing Time be played a million fucking times. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, how many times did they play that in a show? Did they bust it out twice? Dude, they do okay. the regular version and then like an acoustic version? Yeah, so... I, I, I'm going to tell you this only because I know there's no way that anybody in that camp is ever going to listen to this podcast, but like, <laughs> you're damn the, right. <laughs> <laughs> not that I, not that I'm not saying that this is a popular podcast. Nope. Um, but the, the first time I worked for them, um, they, they opened with closing time. They, they played, they played whatever record had closing time on it. And uh, like, if you're not familiar that song closing time is the opening song on the record. So, so they played the full record. They played closing time at the beginning, but then they encored 
with their like backup band because because they're a three piece, but they also play with like two or three other members at any given time. So they did yeah. they did their record <laughs> and they opened as a three piece with closing time and then they encored with their backup band with closing time and like in my brain I would have never done that you know no but can I say that I truly had a bad time watching them play that song twice a night um not really because it's a good song and I I I really appreciate their attitude about it because I I actually like asked Dan the singer about it I was like you know what's and maybe I had too many shots of whiskey before I asked him this, but I was like, what's it like <laughs> having just like a really, really massive song and then like the rest just never getting as big? And and I was like, I don't, I don't mean this in any disrespect. I'm just asking you. And obviously like Dan Wilson is a very established musician. He's written songs for Adele. He's written songs for a, b- a bunch of bigger bands. He has no shame but he was like he was like you know what being a one hit wonder is better than like never having a hit because he was like that one song took us all over the world and brought us careers in music and i was like that's such a positive way to look at that and he's like if yeah. everyone wants to hear that song twice in a night i'm happy to play that song for them and i was like what what a great way to look at it because I was thinking it was so lame and I didn't say that to him. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Well, dude, I got to tell you, I definitely prefer the tight wire closing time to the semi-sonic closing time. I've heard of other bands, 90s, you know, kind of more one-hit wonder kind of bands doing that, though. Like, they do their regular version, and then they might do, like, an acoustic version, so. Right. Yeah, what do you think, like, the Bare Naked if- Ladies do? Do you think they play that, like, <sighs> check it a tiny and a tiny, like, do they play that song twice a night? I can't imagine they do that, but I would, underst- I, I would understand I would if be- they did. I would be disappointed if I actually had to go see them. I'd be disappointed to hear it once. What if we what if we were able to see what what like what's a what's another what's like what's a pop punk band that had like a one hit and then uh, everything else was like okay Okay here what about like Avril she I don't know any of her stuff other than that Skater Boy song Oh yeah So in in like You're in, a little younger than me so you came up during more during that that more new schooler kind of sound you know so I'm a little bit less familiar with that, you know? But I don't know how big Avril was. I mean, I know she was huge, but I I don't know any song except Skater Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be weird if... if I, I think it's pronounced Avril, but I'm not going to correct you. You can say Avril. I, when people talk uh. to me about Kesha, I still call her Kesha. <laughs> so... You know, I, we can call her Avril. So I think if Avril Levine uh, played live, okay. if she didn't play Skater Boy acoustically at the beginning of her set and then full band at the end, <laughs> I'd fucking want my money back. 
Um, I don't know any other song by her. I and, I don't. Uh, she had she, she had like some other like pop hits later on. I think. Um, what was what was? Can I turn the inner? Can I turn this podcast around on you? Absolutely. How old are you? Uh, forty four. You're forty four years old. God yes. damn! You sound you sound like <laughs> you're twenty. Good job. Thank you. Um, yeah, I wish I looked like I was twenty, but. Nah, I'm no, I'm sure. I'm sure you look great. What are you? You're like thirty. Are you thirty four? I no. I'm Ish? I'm I'm thirty one. I'm going to be thirty two okay. years of age in October. Uh, When's your birthday? My birthday what is date? my birthday is October third. I was I was born in nineteen eighty nine on October third. It was a Tuesday. <laughs> okay. What was the um? What was the first punk band you listened to? Like what was what was okay. like a groundbreaking life changing punk band for you? I would say because um, I grew up like listening to rock, like hard rock, heavy metal, Same. you know, like like Poison, Van Halen, and then I get into heavier stuff like Metallica and Slayer, yeah. and then right at high school, right when I got into high school, uh, I'd say the band that really like took me to the to the alternative scene i would say would be dinosaur junior that was a band that i couldn't stop listening to and uh like and then fugazi and husker du and then i got then i heard the descendants and i fucking loved them and then i heard screeching weasel and that's when a whole new world yeah. opened up for me God damn, your answer is so yep. much cooler than mine. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know what? I, I still listen to that shit. I mean, I still listen to Dinosaur Jr. fairly oh, yeah, often, do. and I've, I'm a huge Weasel fan, huge Descendants fan. You know, I still listen to Fugazi. It's just, I have to be in a, in a mood, I guess. But what about you? How'd you? What was your first band that got you into punk rock? You know, so I, I, I think I started out pretty similar to you. I started out listening to music. My dad's a drummer, but he was always a hard rock guy. So it was always like, I think the first like pivotal bands for me that I thought like, oh, playing guitar and shit is cool was like ACDC and Van Halen and and Heart. So like, you know, like I know there's a lot of people that don't like ACDC and Van Halen, but you can't deny that Heart isn't a fucking phenomenal band. <laughs> and yeah, they've got some great stuff, man. Dude, uh, for sure. I st like I still listen to all that stuff. Like if you put ACDC on, I'm still going to fucking jam it. I'm and I I'm at that point in my life where like I don't even care if, if you hate it, go fuck yourself. I don't care. And and it's fine <laughs> if you don't like it, that's totally fine. You don't have to like it, but I'm going to like it and I'm I'm going to shamelessly like it in front of you. Um but as ashamed as I am to say it, you know, I, I did grow up in a, a small town where I knew nobody and I, I well, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not even going to try to justify it. Uh, my, <laughs> the, the band that really changed things for me was Blink-182. Um, when I, when I discovered that band, it was like right when Take Off Your Pants and Jacket came out and my cousin gave me that CD and I was like, okay, this is life changing because... I'm 14 years old and these guys are, are talking about dicks and farts and, 
and all these funny these things that are really funny to me and i'm like yeah I'm the like, important wow, stuff it's, it's like it's like three best friends that just get to make funny music and and get to do this really fun thing so it was like really like an inspiration for me and then so i fell in love with that band and then through watching like interviews or like buying their dvds or whatever you know and then you know of course in all their interviews they talk about no effects or they talk about screeching weasel or the descendants so then of course i'm like well i love these guys so i'm gonna listen to all the bands that they think are cool and then it it took me in in just a total spiral. So I started listening to Descendants, No Effects and stuff. And then I would, I was like the nerdy kid who would like watch every interview of every band that I liked. And then I would just find my way deeper, deeper and deeper into a rabbit hole of, of punk music. And so like pretty much all of my middle school and high school days were spent just getting deeper and deeper. And I feel like by eighth grade, I did this like totally fucking stupid thing where like i was like blink sucks and i was like i only want to listen to like the germs <laughs> and blats and operation ivy and fugazi and minor threat like anything else is for posers and and now that i look back at it i'm like god that was so fucking stupid because it's like i don't know who who cares i don't know i still think blink is a great band i still think um operation ivy is a great band but it, it was really Blink-182 that made me want to play music, but somehow I found my way to uh, loving bands like Dillinger 4 and the Lawrence Arms and and shit like that. And I would have never found those bands had I not like found my way down that rabbit hole. But, you know, um, yeah. you know Dillinger 4 is legitimately my favorite fucking band of all time. And, and I get to call those guys friends and and work for that band and, and hang out with them and shit like that so it's it's really cool yeah what do you what do you do for them you like their road like what are you a manager or what so i i've i i guess for them i was their tour <laughs> manager for a while um okay i the way that i met them was i started working at the triple rock and i went from being a cleaner like showing up in the morning and cleaning the bathrooms after people puked all over them to <laughs> oh, to being like a kitchen person and then and then I found my way to being like running sound at the Triple Rock so I did that I ran sound and I was the production manager for the Triple Rock for like the last four or five years of his its existence and just through that since That's Eric awesome. Eric from Dillinger 4 owned the Triple Rock um, I I found my way into just being like, well, whenever you guys do a tour with like No Effects or something, can I come? And and then yeah, so I ended up being um their tour manager. I don't do that so much anymore. I mean, obviously they they're not touring; they just play like one offs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now I'm just kind of like, whenever I'm free, if they need something, you know. Um, I'm always happy. I'm always happy to do it. Those dudes are like, I can't speak highly enough of that band. They've done so much for so many people in Minneapolis and they have no, they don't do it because they're trying to gain anything. They just do it because they no, like, yeah. they have a love for music. If, if I can say one thing is that Dillinger 4 is 
a band that everyone who likes punk music, they should just love them. And also just know that they're the best fucking dudes in the world. Are you going to are you going to Vegas with them this year? I am not. No. I'm I'm spending all my time doing this Brendan Kelly tour. I I am not going on that. Um God, I want to say other things, but I just don't it's not my place to say them. But there's gonna be some other shows. <laughs> there's gonna be some other Dillinger oh, okay. Four shows okay. before the end of the year. I can't say. You I can I'm tell not me when speak, we're done. I'm not gonna speak for them. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> there's some other cool shit right. happening. There's some other cool shit happening with Dillinger Four that like people would be like, oh, I didn't think they were ever gonna do this eventually. But anyways, I- I'm giving away too much. You know what sucks? They have something in common with Tightwire other than the obvious. What? Um, neither one of you fuckers have played in my town, which is unbelievable that Dillinger 4 never played in my city. In lacrosse? Because everybody loved them here. They never played here. In lacrosse. It's crazy. Yep. Well, yep. I, yeah. I, would, I, would bank that, <laughs> I, I would bank that you'd have a better shot on us playing there than you would D4. Probably, yeah. How, I oh, mean, yeah, how yeah. how far is yeah. lacrosse from like Madison or or Milwaukee or Chicago? Uh, we're we're two hours north of Madison, so okay. we're like directly between Madison and and you. Did you? So it's a perfect tour stop. Yeah. Did you go to? Um, D four played Madison a few years ago, at kind of no. high noon, high noon saloon. Nope, I didn't go. I've seen them in Madison, but not in at least it's been a long time. Yeah. So not recently. No, it's all right. Um, you know, there there could always be one day. I, I would I would bank more yeah. on seeing them in Chicago than anything else. Yeah. One of the first times I saw Dillinger Four was in Madison at a basement oh. basement show. They actually played with Scooby Don't. Bill wasn't even playing with Dillinger 4 yet so oh yeah so you saw him you saw him in the way early days (laughs) when Sloan was still her guitar player Sloan was playing with him yeah so that was forever ago I'll never forget the flyer I still have it for that show it says uh you know like Dillinger 4 and then underneath it it says the next big thing in punctum so we hear you know what that was like 95 96 I didn't believe you when you told me you were 44 but now I believe you (laughs) <laughs> yeah at least in the experience that i've had with them is like at this point they do it they do shows so few and far between that they are as excited as everyone who's there to see them play like they're as as excited <laughs> yeah. to be playing um but yeah anyways we don't have to keep talking this doesn't have to be a uh, a whole podcast on dillinger four but they yeah, yeah. no but they are the greatest um and I love all those motherfuckers to death.
We were actually going to do this show last week. Yeah. And uh, you bailed on me. I'm sorry. Which is totally cool. No, dude, I'm totally glad we didn't do it because some things have happened since that night we were supposed to record. And one of which is you guys played a show as a fucking five piece. We did. So I don't know if anybody knows this or not. I think most people probably know this, but Paul is out of the band. So you replaced him with three new guitar players. We did. We did. (laughs) Because we thought the only appropriate way to replace Paul would be adding three people. (laughs) And and when you say out of the band, it sounds so negative. Um, Not that I, I, I don't think that you intend it to be that way. Um, but no, no, during the pandemic, Paul Paul moved back to uh, Milwaukee, or he moved to Milwaukee, I guess, um, to go back to school. And we we had been through the pandemic; we had been writing songs and stuff. And and then he moved back, and he was like, "Hey, I I really want to focus on school. You guys keep doing it. I don't want to stop you." And so we were like, well, it feels weird doing it without you, but we'll give it a shot. Um, and so through the rest of the pandemic, we kind of, what I did was just on drunken, stupid evenings when I was working on tightwire stuff, I would text people like, hey, do you want to play guitar When whenever music comes back? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I texted so many people, and so and they all showed up, <laughs> dude. It, we have like we have an army of guitar players. Like it's not even it's not even like the the three that are playing with us are just our closest friends. But I we have other people who are like, dude, we learned your songs. When do you want us to play? Like we're ready to go. I'm like, God damn it, we can't play with like seven fucking guitar players. So so we narrowed yeah. it down. Like you know, it's it's my cousin who has been my dear friend and then one of my greatest friends, Aaron, and then, and then Noel. So we have, we have two rhythm guitar players. Um, one of which is Noel and she sings half, she sings half the songs cause I don't want to sing all, all of the songs. Like I didn't join this band to sing, to sing all of them. Like Paul was supposed to be the main singer, so I'm like, God damn it. I'm not singing all these songs. So so we were fortunate. I asked Noelle and she's down. And then we have my buddy Aaron who's playing lead guitar. And then and then my cousin uh Paul, coincidentally named Paul, um, plays rhythm. Just so everybody knows, Noel Noel plays in Rational Anthem as well. Y- yes, yes. Noel plays in the 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 great and powerful Rational Anthem. <laughs>
she's been rad. We're we're gonna play more shows. We're gonna play fest with her. So we're gonna play fest as a fucking five piece again. Um, <laughs> we have a show in. Oh, let me just plug some dates here while I'm at it. Um, we have a show in Let's Chicago with Desperate Acts and the Brokedowns on Friday, October 1st at the Liars Club, where you can see us play as a five-piece with Noel. And we're playing with the Slow Death. And May, and there's a mystery band, a mystery headliner that I can't say, on October 2nd, um, which is a Saturday here in Minneapolis, um, where you can see us play as a five-piece as well. So, but but... Paul being out isn't necessarily a permanent thing. He's he could jump in and out. Yeah, as yeah. We we there. There's been no quitting or firing of anything. It, it's just been a hey, I I want to focus on school and doing this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I actually just talked to him two weeks ago, and I I, I sent him a couple new songs that I had written, and he 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 immediately called me and it was like, was like, Oh, these songs are cool. <laughs> He's like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, dude, if you ever want to like play shows, it'd be sick. And he was like, all right, I just got to finish school. So give me like a year and a half and I'll hit you up. Hmm. So, you know, the way we leave it, you know, the, the way we operate our band right now is, is the band is technically just Parker and I, and then we have like our friends who play guitar with us. Um, and I told Paul, like, dude, you got first dibs. Whenever you want to play, fucking come play with us because we'd prefer to play as like our original selves. Um, but until then, we're just going to try to make it work with seven other guitar players. things about Tightwire is is the dual vocals. And and honestly, I can't I can't tell the difference between yourself and Paul. 
Like, I'm like, I don't know who's singing. I don't know, because most of the time you're both singing. So when it's individual, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this is. And it doesn't really matter. It sounds so fucking great. Well, thanks, yeah. man. Hopefully that continues with, with Noel. I mean, yeah. you know, I listen to Rational Anthem and it's like, yeah, I can kind of hear it, you know? Yeah. I think if if our first show back has anything to prove is that we can still do this. Because I was very nervous to do it without Paul. Um, but I think with Noel and everyone else, I think... I feel really good about it. Um, and Noel's the best. Do you know what else Tightwire and Rational Anthem have in common with each other? Other than Noel plays with both now? We were both a three-piece. You both have videos with the drummer taking a shit in them. Do we really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> they have a video. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Paradise City. That dude's taking a shit in that video, too. Oh, really? Goddamn. <laughs> You know what? I didn't watch the music video. I'm sorry, Noel. If Noel listens to this, I'm sorry. Uh, there's something about making your drummer do really humiliating things. And that's just what we've assigned. Like Parker's role in the band is playing drums, but then also being like the guy like where we just tell him to do stuff in music videos. Like <laughs> yeah. we already have concepts. We already have concepts for music videos for the next record that isn't even done. And it's all it's all just me making Parker do shit that he doesn't want to do. My buddy Craig actually asked me. He he said, uh, "You got to ask him about a new album. Uh, Is there going to be a new Tightwire album?" And I just you mentioned new stuff, so I assume we're going to get something at some point. But uh, dude, I I can't wait. If there's one thing I can promise you, it's that there's never going to be any new Tightwire material. Um, it's only going to be the first record and then maybe we'll release demos in like 20 years. Let me ask you this real quick while we're speaking of new stuff. Like the first album was of course made up of, uh, a bunch of stuff from the first two EPs, the drones EPs. Yeah. Um, but there's still other songs left on those fucking EPs that are killer, dude. Like lungs is a great song. And I'm like, God, I hope they put that on the next record. I hope they redo that one. Is there any chance of that? Should we should we do that? Dude, that's because, a great song. You know like, what? That's the song when I hear drones, I'm like, these guys are fucking nuts for leaving this one off. No big deal, I told
have to see you with anyone. Well, you know what? We we did it so fast. So when we got when we got signed to Red Scare, it was it, literally, dude. Okay, when we got signed to Red Scare, we had recorded Six Feet Deep and like a couple other songs, right? And we got back to the house, and Paul and I were sitting around, right where I'm sitting right now, recording this podcast. We were sitting in this house in South Minneapolis, and we were like, "Man, these songs aren't that good." And we were like feeling really depressed about them. And I was like, you know what? Let me let me hit up Funk from D4 because Funk will be honest with me. And I feel like what, what we really need now is we need somebody to be honest and just tell us if these songs suck because I feel like we've worked on them long enough where we can't tell. And so at like two in the morning, I texted Funk and I was like, Hey, dude, here's a Dropbox link. Whenever you have time, no rush, would you just listen to these songs and tell me if they're good? And then waking up at like 11 a.m. the next morning, I already had text messages from Toby from Red Scare. Because, and from Eric. Because Eric was like, hey, these songs are cool. I just sent them to Toby and then I already had a text message from Toby saying, Hey, these songs are really cool. Um, do you guys want to do a record? And so we went from like feeling super bummed at like 2 AM thinking like, (laughs) Oh, these aren't as good as our last batch of songs. And then, so when we talked to Toby, he was just like, yeah, I want to put out a record. And we were like, we were like, well, we're already kind of a band. Like we can, throw together like the other songs and and record them and so like everything we did was recorded in the basement here and we just threw together whatever songs we liked the most at the time but i'm not gonna lie i still do listen to those old um drones eps that we did and like i i think blame and lungs are cool songs um mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I wouldn't I wouldn't remi- I wouldn't mind remaking them but I guess I need to know that other people would not hate it if we did that. I wouldn't hate it. I think I mean I think all those songs that are left over were great. Crossing Lines is great. Yeah. Well, you can also still listen to those songs on Spotify if you look up Drones and we're yeah. not we're not the yeah, UK yeah. we're not the UK band. <laughs> yeah. How did the drones get together? Uh, Drones was a band that Paul Kettler did. That was before Parker and I, Paul started the band. Paul definitely started the band. Drones was just Paul Kettler. And at one point or another, I I saw drones play at the Trouble Rock. I think it was even before I was like a manager there. I think I was still just like um, cooking or something. And I remember like taking the door guy a hot dog or something from the kitchen and 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 being like, fuck, this is like cool. And then for whatever reason, I became friends with Paul. I don't even remember how, but I, I would put on all these house shows um, at, at houses all over the Twin Cities and I would always book Paul, but Paul never had like a full band situation. So I would I would be like, well, I really, really like your songs. 
So I'd make him like play in the kitchen while bands like changed over. So like, so it would always be like, well, we have like four bands on the show, but like in between bands while they're like changing over, Paul's going to be playing upstairs. And I made him do this. I made him do this for like a year. And then eventually, (laughs) uh, eventually like he hit me up and was like, Hey dude, um, do you, would you ever want to play? I know you play guitar in your bands. Would you ever want to play bass? And then I have this guy Parker who's gonna play drums. And I I had already known Parker. I'd known Parker since I was a kid because Parker has played in a really awesome band called Dingus, and they used to play in South Dakota when I was young. And I was like, oh shit! So I get to play in a in a band with a guy from Dingus. And I get to play in your band. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking learn bass. I'll go get a bass right now. And that's that's how it all came to be. But Drones was 100% just Paul. Um, and, and most hmm. of those songs on on the first Tightwire record are are just Paul, like drone songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you still drones when Eric, you know, slips this demo to Toby? Yes. So we were still You're still playing as drones. We were still drones. Yeah, yeah. So the only reason we changed over to being Tywire was <laughs> because we could not. So when like when when Toby hit us up, he was like, "Great. Can you make a whole another record or can you make a whole record? Can you do at least 12 songs?" We we're like, "Yeah, no problem." So we did 12 songs and he was like, "All right, so you got to figure out the name because there's this other UK band that already has the name and in, in their established and you don't want to have this name anymore and we were like well fuck i don't know how do you name a band naming bands to me is like the worst (laughs) that's the worst part of being in a band is, is trying to come up with a name because like the only band names i really truly like like are are joke or like stupid band names like diarrhea planet I think is like one of the best band names in the world, <laughs> you know, but, but Paul didn't necessarily think that having a funny name like that was a good idea, which I can appreciate. So we, we spent most of our time trying to figure out a new band name because Toby freaked us out about like, we were like, well, let's just fucking be drones and, and fuck like that's it. They're another punk band. Like they're not going to give us hell. And he was like, no, it, if this record ends up being cool, they're going to give you hell about it. And then you're going to have to change it midway through having a cool record out. And that's going to be a headache. And he's like, or or the record's going to do nothing and you could just beep drones. And we're like, all right, cool. Well, we'll change the fucking name then. So, you know, we spent a lot of time. We thought of a lot of cool names that I can't remember, but... Anytime you think of a cool band name, there's probably 50 fucking bands with that name already. Like there's no there's no way you're going to think of something. I mean, I can't say there's no way. It's just really hard. And so I think one morning I was laying in bed and I was listening to Tilt Wheel. And I was like, Tilt Wheel doesn't make sense as a band name, really. But the band is kind of, no, no. I, I kind of like the band. And so I was like, Tightwire. And I was like, I think that's just like a tightrope. And and then I looked it up and I was like, well, there's no other bands named Tightwire. The only thing we have to fight against on Google 
is like tightrope walkers or like you know like <laughs> all yeah. the 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 metal the metal steel that they use on building bridges is called tight wire as well and i was like well that's kind of cool it it kind of sounds cool but i also don't love it and then and then i ended up talking to a friend and he was like he was like just name your band whatever you can name it that no one else has he's like he's like look at the band kiss kiss is such a shitty band name <laughs> and he was like but they did something because they you know people like their songs so he's like he's like if if the songs are cool no one's going to care what your band name is just just pick the band name you hate the least and that that's exactly what it ended up being is is tightwire was not something we thought was cool i still don't love that band name it's just the name we hated the least and we were like well if we write cool songs no one else will pay attention to it now we've addressed it and everybody's going to be like yeah tightwire is a shitty band name <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, dude, I, I love it. What I like about it is, I mean, I like the bands like the the Lillingtons and the Whateveringtons. I like those kind of names. You know, you know, it's going to be like a cool pop punk band or maybe not a cool pop punk band. But Tightwire, it's like, is this a is this a hardcore band? Is this a just a straight up punk band? Is this a metal band? Like, what kind of band is Tightwire? There's a little bit of mystery left with that band name to me. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that because that's exactly what we wanted to do. We've always wanted to like, that's why we do the black and white thing. That's why we do like the satanic imagery is we were like, we we're like, let's do this because it's, it's such a juxtaposition to the, the way we sound. We want to do everything that like seems off, you know? And and, yeah, and so like that's why we do all the black and white imagery and and the satanic stuff is because we're like, oh, it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny that we just sing about like girls and do pop punk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking songs. But then we like paint our faces like we're in a metal band, like a a death metal band, or we do <laughs> something stupid. I, it's just it, it, we we do the thing about our band is we just do whatever we think is fun. And it just so happens that some people kind of like it. And that's that's great. But that's always what this band is going to be is is just we just sit around and we just do whatever we think is fun. And even if in five years people are over it, we're still just going to do that. I remember the first time I heard it, um, the album was out and I checked it out and it was... I really felt it was like this this breath of fresh air almost. Like you guys pulled something really special off, you know? Super catchy, sing-alongy songs, but yet it, it, it's still aggressive and punchy, you know? It's like part copyrights, of course, and part like Descendants, and you can hear a little Blink-182 maybe and some Dillinger 4 influence, but it doesn't really sound like any of that at the same time. You have your own sound, at least to me, you know, I, to the untrained ear, it might sound like everything else, but I hear like something completely new and just, you know, nothing groundbreaking, but just something very refreshing for pop punk, if that makes any sense. No, no, I, 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 I appreciate you saying that because we weren't trying to be groundbreaking. We were just trying to 
place. <laughs> yeah. We were, we really, if I'm just being honest, we were just trying to like do something that like felt cool and, and something that we, we liked, you know, when we, when Parker, Parker, me and Paul started playing together, it, it clicked right away. And we kind of just knew that like, you know, we all agreed on the same bands that we liked and stuff like that. We all agreed on like what we wanted to do as the band, but being overly cheesy or being one way or the other was just, it, 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 you know, we were, we always wanted to have like a tough element about it. I don't know. I, I think it's just being from Minneapolis where, you know, we have the Dear Landlords, the Banner Pilots, the Dillinger Fours, stuff like that, where it's like, oh, it, it, it's all pop punk, but there's some, there's something that feels so rough about it. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and like we're not, I don't I don't think we're necessarily as rough as those bands, but there's there's something about those bands that we're like we want to be as rough as those bands, but we don't. So how can we like find this center of like, you know, shamelessly singing about significant others and stuff, but also just doing it in like a harder way. So I don't know. There, There's definitely like a Minneapolis like thing about it. I don't know. I feel like I'm going on a tangent. I've also drank a lot of tequila tonight. So <laughs> did the album though, like 13 songs in about 20 minutes, less than 20 minutes ish. Dude, it's just, it goes by so fast with with music i'm a little add you know so i like these short songs but it's like you get through the album and it's like gotta play it again man gotta do it because i just can't i've listened to that album so many fucking times and i'm still not sick of it man i just i can't wait for new stuff thanks man yeah well the songs aren't getting any longer in order to get paid on spotify all you have to have is like 59 seconds and then once once people hit that 59 seconds mark you get that like quarter of a penny for that play yeah so we're like you know what let's make the songs <laughs> all like a minute and a half so <laughs> we'll get some money so we can get yeah. that money baby um no it's not really that it's just it, it's it's mostly like we have the same add like i after about two minutes and 30 seconds i'm like you know this song could have been done by now and, and and it's weird. It, it's weird to think that. I feel like the are like my attention span has certainly gone down as I've gotten older, for sure. Oh yeah, a hundred and fifty thousand yeah. percent. But by two two minutes and fifty seconds, when I write a song, I'm just like, I don't even know where to go with this song anymore. Like I <laughs> just end it. <laughs> yeah, let's just end it. Like let me sing the chorus yeah. three times and write a couple of verses, and I'll write a bridge. Or we'll write like a guitar solo. I just don't. The reason they're so short is because I'm just like, well, in in my brain, have you ever listened to a song where you're like, you like about like 30 seconds of it? Like it hits a part, you know, it hits a part and you're like, God, this part's so good. And, and I guess like for me, when I'm writing a song, I'm like, I just want to play all the good parts 
and then <laughs> and then if somebody likes it, they can just keep re-listening to it. Because I, I, I'm absolutely that type of person. Like I'll find a, a song I really love by a band and I will murder it. I'll just listen to it over yes. and over and over and over again. And then and then I'll go on to listen to their other music too. But when I find that one song, I'll murder it. And it's just like, I just want to listen to the song over and over. Wouldn't it be great if if the song was only two minutes and it was just like the best parts of every song? And and then you just keep re-listening to it and not get sick of it. Or, or or not hit like a dull a dull point like so yeah yeah, yeah. I guess like the songs are just short because like I we really strive to not hit a dull point. Made a smile after class. Doc Martens and that dress. Funny how simple things can be so hard to forget. Ran into her in the union artist being fast. Funny how simple questions can be so hard to ask. Don't you know? Dude, I'm looking on Spotify right now. You guys have two songs on three songs on that album that hit two minutes. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. It's perfect. Yeah, it's I don't know. I don't think we need to play anything that's over that amount of time. What's your favorite song on the album? And I, I ask that I like asking that question because I know you didn't write all the songs, so I'm wondering what's your favorite song on the album? Well, I I guess I have a couple different answers. Six Feet Deep was the last song yeah, to be be written for the album. And it was one of those like moments where Paul was like, Hey, I have I have this idea before we go into the studio. And he played it and it, we're like, Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely gotta be on there. <laughs> um and so so Six Feet Deep was just like that was a no brainer going into it, even with like Toby and Red Scare and stuff. It was just like this is this is the song on the record, and and I I don't get sick of that I I don't get sick of playing that song, I think it's my favorite song to listen to. As we've played more and more as a band, um, I think "Spell on Me" might be my favorite. <laughs> I just stop thinking it's wasted. 
I can be honest, I, I'm disappointed in the way we recorded it because it's, to me, the song sounds very sterile. Like, it hmm. sounds very, um, we were all really, really stoned when we recorded that song. And and so the, the vocals, the vocals sound very like, there's not enough liveliness to it that I had hoped because I think we were just like trying to get the record done and we smoked a bunch of weed and, and we we're just like, all right, <laughs> let's just sing it. And, and so like when I listen to it on the, on the record, I, I'm kind of disappointed, but when we play it live, it's always my favorite song to play because I, hmm. there's just, I, I just think that we didn't put the energy into it that, the song deserved because I, I, that is my favorite song to at least play. So cool. six, six feet deep and, and spell on me are my, my favorites. Six feet deep. Every time I think of that song, I just think of the part, that fucking line where just how he sings or how it's sung. Uh, I was a fool, you know, to yeah, think I could have you. It's Dude, like, that, it, it's like how genius, what a basic fucking easy line. But just to emphasize that fool part, it's like, oh, dude, yeah, this is it, perfect. It, it, it's it's weirdly, it's like it, it, it like weirdly hits you in the the heart where it like it's kind of heartbreaking to hear it, you know. And that, at least that's how I feel when he when Paul first. So Paul wrote that song entirely in like five fucking minutes, and he showed it to <laughs> me, and I was like, yeah, this is the greatest song that you've written for this band for sure um but no it's you know the thing the thing that i love about playing in this band is i like i'm a legit fan of paul and that's like the most heartbreaking thing is that we're gonna we're trying to do this band without him um but i'm i've always been a fan of of his songs um but yeah, it's a fucking great song. Let me ask you, Pentagram Tattoo, is that about a real girl? I didn't write that song. You'd have to ask Paul. I don't know. <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> uh, it probably is. You know what we, I mean. It's Paul, like, Paul, I like when songs are actually about people. Yeah. You know, it's not made Paul, up stuff. Paul Paul was never one to 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 make things up. He very much always sang about things that were happening to him um and maybe we could, maybe you could get paul on the podcast and talk to him about it i'm I sure would love he'd to have love paul to do on. it i'm gonna ha- i'm gonna have parker on too you should have parker on parker was supposed to be on tonight so since parker's not here let's talk about you have uh just announced a couple days ago you're hitting the road with uh brendan kelly i am the the Acoust- great and powerful brendan kelly yeah um that's cool, man. I, I so you saw you said that when you were living in Pierre, you saw Lawrence Arms play there, like they played your little town. No, 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 no. So no, the the first Triple Rock show that I ever drove to Minneapolis. Oh, okay, I saw the Lawrence Arms. Okay, well that's so same thing, same thing. It doesn't matter. But when I was in high school, you know the the club here called the Warehouse. It seemed like every few months Slapstick was playing here. You know that was like a great ska band. Like I was never a ska fan, but they were like the, like the best ska punk band I ever saw. 
outside the club you know the the club is right downtown and lacrosse is has so many fucking bars and there was always clashes between the the kids the punk kids and the drunk jocks you know you know how that is that story is the same everywhere but um yeah totally one time this girl was kind of getting harassed by like three or four dudes and it was right after a, a slapstick show and brandon came out and that motherfucker like stood up to these guys and they backed down. That that is such a great story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it, 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 to me playing music is like uh it's really cool. I really like doing it. Yeah, yeah. But um to me the most rewarding thing is getting to play with people that I'm legit uh a fan of. And and the Lawrence Arms and I I never really listened to slapstick that was before my time but like that's such a cool story for me to hear as a fan because like I'm just such a fan of of bands and stuff like that that like the most rewarding thing to me is like you know it sounds stupid to say but like I get to go on tour with Brendan Kelly next friday <laughs> and, and 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 that sounds so lame to say but like that is that is something that i'm legitimately stoked on like i get to play uh two weeks of shows with brennan kelly and then i get to also play the the last show of the tour is me brennan kelly and and laura jane grace uh in yeah. in philly and it's like wow that's so fucking crazy because these are band th- these are people that I looked up to when I was 
a kid that I now get to go play with. But it's really cool to hear that story because I don't know. Brennan's always been the raddest fucking dude to me. You know, every time, every time I've hung out with him, which is, you know, only been a handful of times, I, I, I wouldn't put it past him to be that kind of, that kind of person. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It, it feels good. It, 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 it feels good to be able to be like, I get to play music with these people I looked up to and they're, they're just real fucking rad people. Yeah. You guys are playing, uh, you guys are playing in Philly at the uh, the Four Seasons Landscaping Place. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's kind of cool. It's That's real. It is. It's very real. <laughs> it okay. sounds so stupid, um, but it, it's it's like the the good. It's the greatest kind of stupid ever. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's to me, it's always surreal because I just I'm such a fan of these bands before I am uh, a musician you know so it's like it's yeah. like it, to me it's just crazy like oh I get to go do this this is so dumb that I get to go do this because I'm just I'm just a guy from South Dakota <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean so are you playing are what are you playing are you playing tightwire songs and some other stuff or yes so so I originally wasn't supposed to be on this tour it was supposed to be the amazing Sam Russo, who is going to be on this tour, and due to flight obligations or or, or, or complications or, or or whatever, um, you know, I I don't even know. Like, it, it's got to be COVID related, right? That he can't get over I would here. Assume, yeah. The, for whatever yeah. reason or another, he can't get over here, and so legitimately, like four days ago, um, Brandon called me. Or Toby called me and was like, hey, Sam, we can't get Sam over here. We need somebody to do this. Um, can you do it? And I was like, 100%, just put me down for it. I'm going to make whatever work to make this happen. Um, um, but yes, I, I'm playing all Tightwire songs. Um, and then I'm going to do a Sam Russo cover just cool to tribute him because he can't be here. And it was supposed to be his tour. How does a tour like that work, though? Do you do you, do you travel with Brendan or what? Yeah. So the 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 way the tour is working is I'm flying to Chicago. So I start the. Technically, I, I I'm not doing the first few dates. I'll be here for the Minneapolis date, hanging out with those dudes, but I'm not playing. Um, I I start August sixth, and I that I'm I'm flying to Chicago to do it. And then it's just me, Toby, and Brennan in like a minivan, a rented minivan doing the rest of the tour. I'm not going to be tedious enough to list all the dates, but you know, if you no, no, no. if you look at the Lawrence Arms page or if you look at Tightwire's page, you'll you'll find out what towns uh, the shows are happening in. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be posting it in Dummy Room. So rad. It's cool though, man. I was just like, all of a sudden, I saw that. I'm like. He didn't tell me about this, but of course you didn't know about it. I so didn't know that's about cool. it. Yeah, that's cool I 100%. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't podcast because I wanted to talk <laughs> about this because it, it literally just happened a few get a few days ago. And um, yeah, uh, I'm going to play Tightwire songs all by myself. I've never played all by myself on stage before. And the first really? night, 
the first night is Chicago t- at the Cobra Lounge, totally sold out. And that's the first time I ever get to play on stage all by myself. So I may fall on my face or I may just fucking pull it off. But you've been around a long time, dude. This is not like Tightwire has been around for a couple of years and that's all you've done. You've been in bands previous that have played Warp Tour and shit like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's so, not like you're not a newcomer to this shit. No, no, not at all. I like I, I've been I've I've been playing in, like in live bands since I was you know maybe thirteen, um, <laughs> but <laughs> never like cool shows where like I respect the people that I'm opening for. You know, before this, you know, before Tightwire, like it you know it was a lot of like oh you know like. We did the Battle of the Bands for Warp Tour and we played that or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. or we played like this basement show. I mean, I guess I've gotten to play with cool bands like, you know, um, the living room I'm sitting in. We booked a bunch of cool bands. I, I've gotten to play with like Bomb the Music Industry and and Toys That Kill and stuff like that just through booking house shows. But like when you're booking, when you're putting your own band as the opener on a show you booked at your house, it just doesn't feel like it. There, there's nothing legitimate about that. It's just like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. well, I booked the show, so I'm going to put my fucking band on it. So it, it also kind of just feels kind of lame to me to say that I've done that before, but you know, up, up until now, that's, that's how it was. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's, it's cool to, to be given these opportunities and um i'm just as stoked to be there and playing as 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 the people who are paying to be there you know i just i just yeah, fucking that's... i just love i just love this music and i'm just i'm i'm just happy to be there to do it i'm excited for you man it's a great Thanks, opportunity man. it's you're, you're gonna have a blast dude i i'm 100 gonna have nothing but a blast well, dude, I, I don't want to keep you any longer. You know, it's it's getting late. So um, come back sometime. And, and, and definitely, uh, if there's any new Tightwire news or something, just hit me up, man. You are you got an open invite to come back to the show and definitely tell Paul and Parker that they're, uh, they're welcome to you. Whenever they so desire, they can be on. Hell yeah. No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll all be back. We're going to all do it. Cool. Well, all right, dude. Well, I won't keep you. Um, just thanks, you know. I'm I'm a huge fan of of, of tight wires, so it's just finally to to finally have you on the show is just uh, it's special to me, man. So it's been fun chatting, and uh, I appreciate we've we've sort of become friends because of this. So uh, that's awesome to me. So thank you, dude. Thank thank you. Seriously, uh, it, it's been nothing but a fucking pleasure, Nate. Well, I'll be in touch, of course, and. Um, Definitely go check out uh, Tane on tour with Brendan Kelly. I I unfortunately won't be able to to check anything out, but yeah, if you're listening, go check that out. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. We'll talk soon, Tane. Oh yeah, thanks, dude. Bye. Bye. Bye.